reading will be from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. I will be reading from the New King James Version. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as, just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of me with, of grace. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and, uh, and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Have you ever forgotten anything? I'm glad I'm not the only one. It may have been something inconsequential, or it might have even been something very important. Uh, My wife's not with us, so uh, I've never forgotten an anniversary or a, a birthday, but I've come pretty close. I've come pretty close. Okay? And so sometimes we forget things that are very important. Uh, have you ever done anything or thought about something or seen something? You said, I will never forget that. I'll remember every single detail of it. And then over time, it kind of begins to fade just a little bit. Uh, there was a couple who had been married for many years. And they'd reached the stage in life where most of us will be one day. And they began to uh, forget things along the way. Their, their memories began to fail them some. And so to... Uh, combat that and to prevent forgetting, they began to write down anything that one requested of the other. So one evening, the wife looked over to husband and asked if he'd like to have anything. He said, yeah, I'd love to have a uh, sundae with chocolate ice cream, whipped cream, and a cherry on top. <clears throat> so she got up and she went toward the kitchen. He said, now wait a minute, are you not going to write that down? She said, I'm going to make it right now. There's no way I'll forget it. So after some time, she came back with a platter of eggs and bacon and and gravy and all kinds of things. And he said, I knew you should have written that down. You forgot the toast. (laughs) You know, memory, though, is a truly wonderful thing, isn't it? It is truly wonderful. It is wonderful to be able to reminisce about the wonderful things of this life, of the people uh, who have impacted our lives. <clears throat> and it allows us to remember uh, those of, uh, of our number who we love who've gone on into eternity. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. That's a comforting thing to be able to think back and, <clears throat> and maybe even think of some advice that, that your parents gave you or something along those lines. I do that quite often. I think back over time and I think, well, 
well, my dad had told me this or he told me that. And, and now, you know what, after all this time, it's coming in handy. He was right all along. You know, at 16, you know, you think your dad, uh, you look at him, you say, I don't know how in the world you've lived as long as you have in this world, you know. And then you get to be 49 years old or older and you think, boy, I'd love to have 10 minutes back and be able to to remember some of the things and, and talk about some things that have happened in the past. You know, memory is amazing. And it's a gift given to us by God. And He wants us to use our memories and He wants us to cherish our memories. I've entitled the sermon this morning, <clears throat> Do You Remember? Do you remember? Before you can remember, you have to have memories, right? You have to have done something or you have to have experienced something. You've had to have seen something. You've had to live through something. You've had to accomplish something before you have a memory. I think there are times when memory can fail us. You know, disease, age, and uh, and time itself. It seems to kind of dilute our memories just a little bit. And we've all got memories from from years gone by, from things that have happened in our lives. And at times, or at least I do, I'm thinking, well, am I remembering those correctly? <clears throat> is is that as, as great as I thought it was? Or is that as bad as I thought it was? You know, growing up, I thought I lived in the biggest house anyone had ever had. And then after I got grown, I realized it was a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house, and eventually my dad did turn the, the garage into another bedroom, you know. Five of us lived in that home with one bathroom. Imagine that. Well, you know, memories are a blessing for sure. Paul talked about memories. As he wrote to the uh, uh, the brethren in Philippi, the passage read before us this morning, Paul talked about the blessings of, uh, of memories. And he wants us to, to make memories of our own. And he wants us to be able to remember Things that have hap- that uh, have happened in the past, he wrote to the Christians in Philippi, and his memories of them rose to the surface of this letter as we read it and as we understand it and as we study through it, uh, and we see that he was comforted by these memories. He talked about things that happened in the past, and and they comforted him because when he wrote this letter, he was in prison. <clears throat> He was in prison. It was about A.D. 62. He uh, uh, was in Rome. And he was set to testify as a witness of Christ Jesus. Uh, Acts 23, verse 11. But he wouldn't do it as a free man. He would certainly do it as a prisoner. Philippians 1, 12-13. So as he put his memories to paper, he did in fact reminisce about his relationship with those special people. And it was a very special relationship. I want us to consider Paul's memories for just a few moments this morning. I want us to uh, learn from his memories because they teach us a lot about what our own memories should entail and how we should remember our fellow laborers and, and what we ought to do to make memories. So when we ask the question, do you remember, we'll be able to say, oh yes, I do, I remember. I want us to be thankful for our memories. As we look at the things that Paul reminisced about, I want us to begin with the idea that he was talking about the past in a lot of ways. He was talking about the past. After all, memories are things that happened 
in the past, right? He addressed his letter to the saints in Christ, which are at Philippi. He was recalling their common salvation. So he's looking at the past. He's looking at the point where they became Christians, when he became a Christian. He was remembering all of that thing, all of those things, right? We see in verse 2, he called on the name of God our Father. In verse 5, he reminded them of their fellowship in the gospel. And he called them brethren eight times. Those are things that happened in the past. Those are memories that comforted him as he sat in the dungeon of a, of a prison. And I think he uses, or used those phrases to, to stir up those memories of a common salvation they shared with him and each other. You know, memories remind us of the past, obviously, and we should always remember our common past. We have a common past. It may not have, have crossed at the same time, but, but when we look at Christians, we have things in common. We have things in common. Not everyone was born again at the same time in the history of our lives. But we have a common past that we were born again, that we, that we are saved. You know, Paul remembered his own conversion, Acts 9, verses 1 through 9, and he reminisced about that on three occasions. That's recorded for us. He remembered the events which first led him to Philippi, Acts chapter 16. Remember, he was in jail. He remembered those who had first obeyed the, the gospel in that city. He spoke of Lydia. He talked about the demon-possessed girl of Acts 16, the jailer and his fam- family of Acts 16. He recalled the fellowship that they shared with each other, uh, verse 40 of Acts 16. And all those memories... They filled his heart with joy, Philippians 1 verse 3. And I don't think there's any greater joy than recalling the time when when those we love became Christians. That's the greatest thing that could happen to us, isn't it? We No longer do we have to worry about them spiritually. Isn't it enough to worry about those who you love physically? And it's even worse if you're worrying about them spiritually, isn't it? Especially if they're apart from you and you're not with them every single day, and you worry. Of course, I'm thinking about my own children. Sometimes they're going away from me, and you worry about them physically. And I'm just thankful that right now I don't have to worry about them spiritually, because that would make the burden much more. But I want us to be able to uh, look around and ask the question, where would we be today without those people who had a part in our own conversions? Where would we be? Would we be Christians today? Well, maybe. Probably. But do we know for sure? Of course we don't. So we look back with joy in our hearts at those who helped us become Christians. But here's the thing. There are no memories unless we make memories, right? And God expects us to make memories. What about those who did help convert us? God expected them to make the memories of those who they helped to become Christians. God expects all Christians to make memories of those who they help become Christians. And that's what Paul's doing here. You know, we have those comforting memories of those who helped to lead us to Christ in some way. We need to retain that. How could Paul have those memories without carrying out the Great Commission? Have we ever thought about that Matthew 28? 18 through 20. Could Paul have created those memories if he just simply uh, 
studied the, the Word of God and he sat and, and he participated in worship and he did things of that nature, would he have had any of those memories? Not if he didn't get out of the pew, right? Or whatever they used at that time. I know a close friend of mine in Memphis, he's a preacher and John Shannon's his name and, and, uh, on the door, the exits of the auditorium, they have signs up above the doors at James Road and it says, now here is where the work begins. Right? It isn't to work in here. Oh, we worship and that's demanded of us and we ought to do it. We ought to enjoy doing it and we ought to want to do it. But this is a blessing, right? Being able to come together and worship with those of like precious faith. This isn't difficult. What's difficult is going out into the world and making memories of doing the things that God's asked us to do. Paul remembered the memories of the common salvation, but he also talked about something else as he was looking at the past. He looked at at the common service that we all have in common. He said this, verse 6, of our passage, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Oh, now that, that brings on a whole nother understanding, right? Paul performed a good work in them in that he helped establish people to be Christians in that city and he wanted them to continue on with that good work. He expected them to go out and make memories of converting other people. Paul was proud of being a servant along those, uh, alongside those in Philippi, wasn't he? Verse one. I want us to look at this idea of the word servant. This word servant in the context literally means slave. It means, uh, submitting and having a master, right? Someone over you. But that's what the redeemed are. We are servants or slaves, doulos, to the Lord, aren't we? Notice what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, beginning with verse 19. He said, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The the Christians are slaves to the Christ. And he mentioned those who were his. Notice Philippians 4, 3. He called them true yoke fellow, those who labored with him in the gospel. What were those people doing? They were making memories, and at some point they would look back on that to the common salvation, to the common service, and that would fill their hearts with joy. They were all co-laborers, weren't they? And that's what God expects, and that's what Paul expected of them. Again, God wants us to have the blessings of memories. Do you remember? I think that's the question we ought to ask ourselves. Do you remember? We better remember. He wants us to be able to recall time to time the people with whom we served. Have you ever, ever served with someone in, in an effort of the Lord's church and you look back on that and you think, wow, boy, that person, he or she was really dedicated. To God, I think back on times that uh, I've served with people in different states, different countries, places around where I've been, and I've seen. You know, I saw some of the greatest laborers for the Lord uh, in Mississippi one time. I was down on a campaign, and we were working uh, south of Tupelo, and, and I, I just remember thinking back, boy, that whole congregation. You know, they just showed up, and they really jumped in there and they helped. I think back on the brethren 
with whom I uh, worked in India. And I can remember at one time them telling us about going to a certain place to, to preach the gospel and, and them being attacked and beaten. And they were proud of that. They were proud of that. They said, yeah, we were beaten, but we were beaten for Christ. And I'm thinking, boy, I don't know if I would have handled that that well. But they did. And I think back on those folks. I think, boy, what amazing people they are. But Paul didn't just have those past memories. He continued to make memories by doing things in the present. That's our second point. Paul remembered the uncommon love they shared. Notice verse 8 of our passage. He said, For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you, all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Boy, weren't they dear to Paul? Didn't he love those folks? Isn't it wonderful to be loved by someone? It's wonderful to be loved by someone. Someone showed up at my house the other day, and they brought us some some dinner, and, and uh, uh, you know, they just kind of told us they were coming because, I guess... Uh, you know, I don't practice so much what I preach and, and they showed up with some food and I sent them a text later on. I said, thank you so much for loving our family. You know, isn't it nice to be loved? It's wonderful to be loved, isn't it? So these people were, were dear to Paul. They shared a Christ-like spiritual love for one another that you can't find anywhere else outside the church. And they shared that and that was a memory and that transcends Everything. That transcends everything. The very love about which Paul spoke is recorded in 1 Corinthians 13, isn't it? Talks about that wonderful love. How love is this and, and how it's not other things. And that's what we want to do. That's the love which should characterize the people of God. Jesus told His apostles, John thirteen fifteen, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you, after he washed their feet. See, I think sometimes we look at that and we don't understand exactly what happened there in that upper room. Christ washed the feet of those apostles. That's what a, that's what a slave was used for. That's what someone who was, was considered less than an animal, right? If it wasn't a servant, it was a slave, or it was someone even, even worse, right? But he did that. I don't know about you. That's not something I'd want to do just for anybody, right? But Christ did it. In, re- in reality, He did it for everybody, didn't He? And that's what Paul wants us to remember. That's what he wants us to do. John reminded his readers, those who are saved, 1 John 2, 5 and 10, love those who are saved. <laughs> now think about that. We're to love the world. We're to love the unsaved. We're to reach out to people. But you know, we're to love those who are saved. Sometimes you look around and you see factions of people here or there or over yonder or or somewhere else or you read about a problem that's happened somewhere. There's a problem that Brother Barry Hatcher was telling me over in Indonesia with some of the brethren. They were just acting terrible toward one another. We're supposed to love the saved, aren't we? We're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to put forth an effort to love each other. You know, love's not easy. Love's not easy. In fact, love may be one of the hardest things in the world when we're talking about true love, agape love. You know, you love those who are unlovable. That's difficult at times, right? And so we ought to be thankful 
for those who love us and for those we love. The blessings of memories allowed Paul to complicate, or contemplate rather, the, the uncommon love of his present and the uncommon love of the labor that he shared with them. If you love someone in Christ, you'll labor with them. You'll labor with them in, in whatever way you can, right? There, there are those among us who can't do some things that, that maybe perhaps they used to be able to do. But they can do something, right? We can all do something. And that's a labor. That's a labor of love, in fact, isn't it? He told them, Philippians 1 verse 9, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. See, love is supposed to grow, isn't it? What happens if our love stops growing? It starts decreasing. Our love is to grow. Our works are to abound, 1 Corinthians 15. So our love and our works, our love and our labor is supposed to continually grow. If it's not, then we've got a problem on our hands. Paul recalled and appreciated all that they had done for him. They, above any other congregation of the Lord's people, looked after his needs and they met his needs. They met his needs. He told those in Corinth, I just read the other day where a, where a denominational preacher was misusing and misapplying that. He said, Paul refused to take money from Corinth. Well, Paul didn't take money from Corinth, but it wasn't because it wasn't right to take money from Corinth. In fact, you know what Paul said? He said, I robbed other, other churches. And he told them, he said, I didn't do you any favors. I'm paraphrasing, of course. He didn't do them any favors by not taking money from them because you know what most people look at, how they look at things that are free? Not worth much, right? Not worth much. If it's free, it's not worth much. And that's kind of how they looked at Paul. That's why he had to come back in that second Corinthian letter that we have and defend his apostleship. He said, I robbed robbed other churches. You know who who he robbed other churches? What churches it was? Philippi. Philippi looked after his physical needs. They took care of him as best they could. And he appreciated and he loved that. He remembered that love and he remembered that labor i think that same level of gratitude ought to fill christians today we ought to appreciate what people have done for us you know we get letters here all the time from from preaching students from missionaries and they send us letters appreciating what the white oak church of christ does for them because we do a lot for missionaries that's kind of what we do here isn't it we make preachers and we help fund missionaries. That's pretty much the extent of, of our, our outreach. And that's fine. That's fine. You know. And what we've always endeavored to do here as a congregation is, you know, we're not helping 50 missionaries. We're helping a handful of missionaries and we're helping them well. Right? We're helping them well. It, you know, you could send a whole bunch of missionaries $20 a month and if you quit sending it, they wouldn't miss it. Right? But if you can, do better for a fewer uh, missionaries like we do. That's what we try to do as a congregation. We ought to be proud of that, that we make preachers and that we help missionaries. Remember, there are no memories unless we make memories. We have to have a memory of the past. We have to make memories in the, in the present. And I want us to notice the memories about which Paul spoke of the Philippian brethren. They were positive. Memories. That's our third and our final point. 
after telling them that he wanted their uncommon love to abound, verse 9, notice what he said, verse 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Again, he wanted them to grow. Look, grow. Do something. What happens if a, if a congregation is working hard and they're reaching out and the numbers aren't reflecting it? That's okay. That's okay because they're doing what God's asked them to do. Sometimes the field is not very good. You know, I learned that when I moved here. I've got a backyard. And boy, I love planting a garden. I didn't even bother last year because the soil in my backyard's not worth two cents. I don't understand that, but it's no good. It, it won't raise anything. I don't care how much fertilizer you give it, how much weeding you do, how much praying you do and watching, you're not going to get much out of my backyard. You know, but things are supposed to grow, right? He wanted them to grow. And he wanted them to continue. If it's not growing, something's wrong. I learned that firsthand. Yeah, something's wrong. Something really is wrong when it comes to growing a garden at my house. And so he wanted them to grow in every aspect of life. Their Christian lives, right? But he wanted them to grow. Just grow, grow, be more kind. Love better, love stronger. Be kind to people. Help people. Teach people. You know, it's a difficult task. But it's a positive task, and it'll help you to grow, right? I think this whole letter was full of positive thoughts and memories. The only negative comment he had is found in Philippians 4, verse 2. <clears throat> he said, I implore Euodia, and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. There must have been some kind of a conflict between those two Christian ladies, but they knew they could mend any hurt which existed between them. Why? Because they loved each other. They had a common memory, right? They knew about the past. They knew about the present. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they had done. They knew they had a, a relationship with one another. That's what all Christians ought to do. Do we ever rub each other the wrong way a little bit? Well, if you're a person, you do, right? If you're a person, you do. I tell people, you know, I love you and I'm going to apologize in advance for rubbing you the wrong way at some point, you know. But remember, I love you. And if I repent, God says, you got to forgive me, right? So uh, let's just work together. Let's love each other and let's forget the past once we take care of it, right? Let's forget the past. Let's remember so we don't do it again, but let's don't keep bringing it up, right? Let's remember the good things we've done, but let's not sit back and rest on those things. Let's continue to grow, and let's be positive. Uh, uh, you know, even in his letter of rebuke to, to Corinth, Paul promoted the positive aspects, and he taught them the true meaning of love. So he had to get on to them about some very serious things in 1 Corinthians. And then kind of in the middle of that, a little more toward the end, all of a sudden we have 1 Corinthians 13. He's rebuking them pretty good, isn't he? 1 Corinthians chapter 1 you got divisions. You're not behaving properly. First Corinthians chapter 5, you're overlooking sin. You're not even addressing it. First Corinthians chapter 13, love each other. Love each other. Let's promote the positive. Let's not overlook the bad. We have to handle it. But let's promote the positive. And that's what Paul did. 
And so, even in this love letter to the Philippians, Philippians 4 verse 2, he had to say a little, a few things. He had to try to straighten a couple ladies out, but he wanted those in Philippi to continue to grow. And he knew that the only way that was going to happen was for them to grow in grace. Isn't that right? We can talk about works. We can talk about uh, a committee to try to figure this out. A group of men going to do this. Our ladies are going to handle uh, someone who's in need in different aspects. But if we're not growing in grace, none of that stuff matters and it's not going to do a bit of good. Zero. We have to grow in grace. The behavior God expects Christians to have toward each other is not founded in the ideals of the world. It's founded in Him. Paul explained that very clearly to the Christians in Galatia. Galatians five nineteen through 24. We're not going to read that, but he talked about the works of the flesh, how evident they are, how that's got to stop. We can recognize the works of the flesh. He talked about all of those things. And then he said, But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. We might be growing, but if we're not growing in grace, we're not really growing. We might be expanding or we might be swelling or whatever the case may be, but unless we're growing in grace, doesn't matter what we do, doesn't matter how many people we come in, bring in here, if we're not growing in grace, we're not doing what God wants us to do. I think Paul wanted the brethren to, to view each other in a positive way. You know, we need to, to be thankful to those people who do so much for the congregation. You know, I think of a whole bunch of people, and I'm not going to start naming names because I undoubtedly forget somebody. And that's not my intention. But we have so many people here who do so many things. And we appreciate that. You know, I was just out in the foyer by the, by the elevator. And we've got a sign out there for people who, who prepare the emblems for the Lord's Supper. You know, we don't think a whole lot about that, do we, normally? But wait until someone doesn't do it. We think a lot about it, right? I remember one time when I was at Wheeler Hill, someone forgot. We began to, uh, we had a prayer over the bread. That lid came off and there was nothing there. They opened the other one, no juice. You know, no one thought about who made that preparation until it wasn't there, right? When it wasn't there, we began to think about it. I remember growing up, my wife used to tell the girls all the time, we don't have a kitchen fairy, we don't have a bathroom fairy, we don't have a laundry fairy, right? In fact, we started calling them the kitchen fairy and the laundry fairy, right? And so... We need to appreciate what people do. Paul wanted his brethren to view each other that way. I think a person who exemplifies the sins of which Paul spoke to the Galatians, they're controlled by the flesh, right? And that's not what God expects. He expects us to build good memories. We can build bad memories. He wants us to build good memories and godly memories. Again, love never turns a blind eye to sin, but love overlooks sin of which someone has repented. Uh, the problem with people is we often rebuke in anger and not in love. I think that may be one of the issues. We get all angry and, and we rebuke and, and without having th- uh, thought about it. Have you ever seen parents do that? 
They get all mad and it's like it pushed to the final point and they've let this child go and go and go and not mind and not mind and you're sitting there thinking, boy, I'd wring that kid's neck. And then all of a sudden mom or dad jumps up and half kills the child. You know, look, that's not right. That child's getting mixed signals, right? I can do what I want to, but then I've got to, I have to understand when enough's enough and then I just back off and then I can do what I want to again later after mom and dad cool down. See, that, that's a wrong uh, uh, conception of what God is, right? That's not what God is. God doesn't, we don't just push God to the breaking point. God is patient, okay? And He may go a long time without punishing, but He doesn't just punish with a knee-jerk reaction and in anger. He may be angry, and He is, but that's not what is pushing His action. Love is pushing His action. And so we need to be able to, uh, to do those things. I hope we all put forth the Christian effort in looking at each other in a positive way and not in a negative way and building memories with each other in our labor and our love, right? Doing the things that God has asked us to do. Paul wanted to send a letter of love and appreciation to the, to the Christians in Philippi. Isn't that a wonderful example? That's a wonderful example. The Apostle Paul, do you think he had some things on his mind? Do you think he was a little busy? Obviously, this is an inspired letter. But he chose as a person to write this letter because he loved these folks. You know, what? Uh, someone says, well, you know, uh, it's like getting married. You know, you tell your wife, a husband says, I love you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. Well, that's not the way it goes, right? We need to tell each other we, we love one another. But I think often... People overlook that and they, and they think the weightier matter is to do the rebuking. Straighten somebody out, right? It's just as important to show appreciation and love for one another as it is to show rebuke. Uh, Priscilla Leonard, uh, the pen name of Emily Perkins, she wrote this. <clears throat> she said, forget each kindness that you do as soon as you have done it. Forget the praise that falls to you the moment you have won it. Forget the slander that you hear before you can repeat it. Forget each slight, each spite, each sneer whenever you may meet it. Remember every promise made and keep it to the letter. Remember those who lend you aid and be a grateful debtor. Remember all the happiness that comes your way in living. Forget each worry and distress. Be hopeful and forgiving. Remember good. Remember truth. Remember heaven is above you and you will find through age and youth that many will love you. Do you remember? We need to remember that. We need to be able to remember that. Before we can make memories for Christ, we have to be Christians. We have to have faith in Him that He is who He said He was. John eight twenty four. We have to repent of past sins. Have the desire to turn our lives around and toward God so we can make memories. Acts two thirty eight. We need to... Be willing to make that good confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And be willing to turn our lives over to Him, Acts 8.37. We need to be willing to work the works of God, submit to baptism so our sins can be washed away, Acts 22.16. And then we get busy making and building these memories. And then we can ask ourselves, do you remember? And we can say, yes, I do remember. But I want to keep building and doing even more. Sometimes we get off track. And we forget, right? We forget who we are and we forget what we ought to be doing. 
I mentioned some time back, my father used to tell me, I'd head out the door. And he'd say, don't forget who you are, and don't forget who your daddy is. You know, I know, and I know what that meant. Don't get out acting stupid and bring shame on him, because then you're going to be in double trouble, right? But we need to remember who we are. We need to remember who our father is. Our father is in heaven. We need to reflect his characteristics. If you never obeyed the gospel, do that today. If you have and you've become unfaithful, come back to Him through repentance and prayer and confession, and we'll pray with you and for you. If you have need to answer, do it now as we stand and as we sing.